Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, the president and CEO of the Chamber. Each week, we'll highlight what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, and develop our workforce. We'll also check in with our community partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across our community. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. Welcome, everyone. Uh, My name is Ainsley Johnston. I am the event manager for the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce, and I am joined today by our COO, Deborah Hooper, and we're going to talk a little bit about intercity visits and intra-city visits. Um, We just had the fortune of, uh, of just completing one of these awesome events and uh, just brought up a lot of interesting questions about what are intercity visits and what comes out of them. So we wanted to discuss that with our community. So Deborah, welcome. Thanks, Ainsley. It's great to be with you. I feel like that we have, have literally been partners on our intercity visits for, gosh, a number of years now. So I love that we're going to get to talk about this and how we go about doing it. Yes, it's a fun one. I mean, it is a fun event for our community, for our members, but I will say it also selfishly is a fun event for Deborah and I to plan. We get to sort of be the leads on these little every other year events. And I think, Deborah, if I'm right, I think I just heard that I celebrated my six-year anniversary at the chamber. So that's right. Our you know, we've now done a number of these together. So we get to go on a little pre-visit and have a little chance to to meet new communities. So it's always a a fun time. It's Deborah and Ainsley on the road. All right. Yeah. Let's venture back down memory lane on this. (laughs) So I guess let's start with, for those who don't know, what is an intercity visit? So Ainsley, that's a great question. I did not know what an intercity visit was when I started at the chamber 10 years ago, but I quickly learned from some other chambers, right? What an intercity visit is. And I realized that after learning from them that it's really the creation of an opportunity to go somewhere, to discover, to learn, and then to come back and localize what we've learned. And it was an eye-opening experience for me, uh, being new to the chamber industry, to actually work with others to create these experiences. I think it's, it's an awesome opportunity. You know, the second year I was here, so I, I came in a July, Um, the next year we were going on one of these visits. So I had just heard about one that had been finished and 
basically I'm told, hey, you're going to help plan an opportunity for 100 business and civic leaders to travel to another city, spend two days learning all sorts of amazing things. Um, and it was like, what? Wait, how do we learn about these other cities? Um, you know, how, how do we know what we're going to plan? That it just seemed so huge. And so I think you had touched on there this idea of collaboration with, with other chambers and learning from other chambers kind of what an intercity visit is. Um, what I think is so interesting is this collaboration with other chambers. And I wonder if you can talk about that, how, how other chambers play a part in the idea and the creation of intercity visits. So coming on board, I, again, I did not have a clue how to go about, you know, creating this experience. And what I learned from other chambers is there's really almost like a template model, if you will, a process that most chambers use and that once you learn this, this model, this, this process, if you will, that you can customize it to fit your, your community. And so that first intercity visit, we started following that template model of establishing a steering committee. And so Ainsley, you mentioned, um, gosh, I came in and we were already starting to plan for an intercity visit that was not going to happen until the next year. Correct. It takes a year to actually select the steering committee and then get them together, you know, go through um, brainstorming focus areas that you really want your um, visit to, um, to actually be about, right? That you wanna create experiences and learning opportunities, if you will, around these focus areas. So that's one of the first things that we do when we get the steering committee together is we start really examining ourselves, our own community and saying, what is it that we would like to learn some best practices, some successes, even some failures, right? Because it's really good to learn what has not worked um, around issues and opportunities that we have that we can go learn how somebody else did it, but then bring that knowledge back and use it to create those um, initiatives, those, those projects and those new opportunities for our own community around real issues. And so how long has the chamber been hosting intercity visits? It sounds like that chambers across the country have done them for years and years, but how long has that been a practice in Greensboro? So at the Greensboro Chamber, um, we started our planning for our first intercity visit in 2012. And we took a hundred leaders to Birmingham, Alabama in 2013. So usually the best time for us to take 100 leaders to another city is usually in the spring, right? The weather's nicer. Um, we, we wanted to make certain that we could actually fly out early um, one morning on a charter flight, you know, go straight to our destination 
spend two days, but have everybody back in Greensboro by five or six o'clock the next afternoon. That seemed to be the model that would work well for our community, an overnight stay in another city. And so that's really how we went about planning the Birmingham trip and using some focus areas, some opportunities that we were looking at as a community at that time, that Birmingham was also, you know, rallied around through their strategic plans and we're seeing some success with. And so that's why we chose Birmingham. Okay, so, so, and I know I've been through this process a, a little bit as well, but you talk about, you talk about these focus areas. You talk about choosing a city that is doing great things in these focus areas we've decided. Um, sort of a peek behind the curtain. If someone hasn't come to one of our coffee and conversations where we're selling one of these trips, can you talk a little bit about that steering committee? You know, you said that they meet a year in advance, but who is on this mystical steering committee that kind of decides what we what we should be learning about? It's a, that's, again, that is just a great question because, um, you know, when you when we were first starting out in 2012, it was like, who should serve on this first steering committee, right? And so choosing co-chairs who can also help invite other leaders to join the steering committee was just the right first steps for us to take. And so what I think we always like for our mayor to serve as a co-chair. And we also um, look at our board chair as you know, being a person that could also um, help lead the steering committee. And that has worked really well for us. Um, other leaders that we have invited sometimes really are directly related to um, focus areas. Uh, they have been leaders on our board community leaders, um, chamber member leaders, if you will, who have expressed an interest in special volunteer leadership opportunities. And so we have mixed it up every single time we have formed a steering committee. But again, we form it, you know, in, in one year, they go through the planning process with us and then um, you and I take a pre-planning trip to visit the city that they choose um, after all the research is done around potential cities to visit. And then, you know, we've shared that research with the steering committee about those cities and they decide literally where we're going to go. Um, and they really relate it back to the research around the focus areas and what other cities are doing around those focus areas. So it is uh, a model that works really, really well for us. Um, and again, we, we choose different leaders uh, for each steering committee so that we always are, are getting fresh ideas. Um, but at the same time, sometimes we have continuity right, with some steering committee members um, who um, serve in that role to actually, you know, continue the conversation and, and they can add perspective about 
well, we, we studied this last time, but maybe we still need to spend some additional time on this particular issue that we have as a community. And that's very helpful as well. I think that's a great point because that's what I found interesting going from my first intercity visit to the next was that it's not the same committee, that, that there are there are members, there are small businesses, entrepreneurs, big businesses, board members, young professionals, uh, but there were people who were very intentional about saying, here's work that was started that we need to continue uh, and to see how someone else is working on that same issue. Um, so kind of leading off of that, we're talking about ideas, things that we've gotten. So what are, what are some of the key ideas? What are some of the big projects or initiatives that have come out of an intercity visit? So let's go back to 2013. That's when we took the 100 leaders to Birmingham, right? Um, so in Birmingham, you know, we were uh, absolutely considering workforce development. Um, you know, they had a couple of large mega sites in the region that had, you know, Mercedes-Benz and Honda um, on those mega sites. Uh, so that was a clear focus area for us. Um, I will never forget, you know, after we heard from the panel um, in Birmingham of, you know, the Honda executive, the Mercedes-Benz executive, and also one of the executives who was representing the state from a workforce standpoint, you know, Jim Melvin, who went with us, Jim, obviously, president of the Bryan Foundation, and Jim said, wow, look at what those mega sites and those, you know, those large automotive company uh, plants have done for their economy there in the Birmingham region. We need a mega site. And so it was really after, you know, hearing all about how well their economy was doing um, that from, you know, having those larger companies based on those mega sites that we realized from an economic development standpoint, that was, that was an asset that we did not have. And Jim Melvin and obviously leaders from Randolph County and others started working together to put together the Greensboro Randolph mega site. And we are marketing that mega site today. Well, that's when you say that, that's what's so cool is, you know, I know what we will talk about in a minute, um, this most recent in intra-city visit, and we stayed in Greensboro, but one of the things we did was we went and saw and experienced the Greensboro Randolph megasite. So this thing that is real and being marketed and we can we can put our feet on and learn about its journey started on one of these same visits. So that's that continuity of what we need to start working on and what we have to keep working on. And Ainsley, that's a great point because, you know, it took, it took a while to put together the Greensboro Randolph mega site, right? Um, but so after Birmingham, that was 2013. So two years later, the steering committee decided we would go to Chattanooga. Well, Chattanooga has the Volkswagen plant on their mega site. And they also have an amazing training um, facility that 
is on the same property adjacent to the plant. So we were able to tour the uh, training academy and see the Volkswagen plant actually situated on that mega site. So it, there's nothing like seeing what all of that looks like. Um, and then when we went to Columbus, uh, there was also an opportunity to, you know, travel to Maryville and see the Honda plant there situated on their mega site. But I think what is also important is that we learned a lot about workforce development and building a pipeline, if you will, that really um, is going to you know, help those companies have the workers that they need to be able to be successful and to help grow the economy. And so our workforce development focus areas were built in on these same visits so that we were learning what kind of training programs, what, what did their you know, K through 12 education um, look like so that we could also start to get a feel for um, workforce education and workforce um, alignment that was needed to tie directly back to having a stronger economy that, you know, where you have mega sites that have very large companies. And then of course, the companies that actually come in as a result of having a very large company on a mega site, but they come in as suppliers, right? And to support those larger companies. So it all fits very nicely together, but we needed to learn all of that and how it fits together so well. Um, yeah, I think like you're saying, I mean, I remember going to the Honda plant in Columbus, in Marysville, um, and there, while we saw it, we specifically heard about their apprenticeships and about their education partnerships. So it sounds like every visit, you intentionally learned a different aspect of what can happen on a mega site as we got closer and closer to having one that was up and functioning. So we had that pipeline ready to go. Absolutely. And I will say this too, you know, coming out of the 2008 um, Great Recession, as we all know it, you know, we also knew that a, a tremendous piece of economic development was entrepreneurship. And so with Birmingham, they also had some entrepreneurship initiatives um, that we wanted to learn more about. We visited the Innovation Depot there and learned how they had really taken um, two different locations and really aligned them into a new location that had co-working space, that was targeted toward you know, tech companies for them, that had programming that fit you know, what they needed for those tech companies to thrive and grow. Um, our entrepreneurship programming at that point was not where it needed to be. And so we really wanted to learn more about how they were going about things. Um, and so we, we also focused on entrepreneurship in Birmingham, and we carried entrepreneurship forward through the Chattanooga visit in 2015, 
Um, we spent a tremendous amount of time looking at their co-working space. And coincidentally, it was called CoLab, which our CoLab co-working space, we launched that in the fall of 2015. Um, so when you think about it, we got to see theirs before we actually launched ours. And, you know, it really, it opened our eyes to, wow, doesn't have to be super fancy, right? You just really need a great space that entrepreneurs can come together and feed off of one another and share ideas and, you know, um, all of the struggles, but also those rewarding moments when they have a breakthrough. And um, that's really, it was, it was eye-opening for what was possible for us to create here in downtown Greensboro. I think those are, are two awesome examples of tactile things that have come out of these visits. We do now have a mega site. CoLab was born and has just continued to grow and our entrepreneurial ecosystem has grown from it. I know in Columbus, we learned about a seed fund, CoLab, Luann launched Greensboro. The seed fund exists now. Um, those are all sound like things that, that the chamber has its hands deep in. I wonder, are there, um, I know that is the leading question. I know that all the things that come out of these trips, um, that the chamber does not take all of them on. And I wonder if you could speak to a couple examples of things that either were already in process before we went and, and helped learn about them and what happens after, or even things we learned about that started brand new, but that maybe it, it wasn't the chamber's place to, um, to take those initiatives forward just to start the conversation. Absolutely, there are some great examples of this. When we went to Birmingham, they had a performing arts center on the um, University of Birmingham campus. And we were, our community was in the process of looking at a performing arts center in Greensboro. And, you know, it's really good to go and see how somebody else does it. Theirs, like I said, theirs was, was it was beautiful, but again, it was on a university campus. And it's good to see that, but also be able to ask questions about how that works with the university. Um, and, and learn about their model while also just, again, taking what you learn and combining it with other information about how other cities may have gone about building out their performing arts center and where they located them. And then our, our leaders bringing all of that, and that's that localized piece, right? You bring all that information back to the table, but the community foundation and the city of Greensboro actually brought all that information back and ultimately, as we know, decided that Greensboro's Performing Arts Center would be in downtown Greensboro. And so that was an example that the chamber was not leading the Performing Arts Center initiative here in Greensboro. That really was the city and the community foundation. Uh, but we provided an opportunity for them to see a different model and to use what they learn to decide what would be the best model here in our community. 
And I think another great example of that is, is this academy model, the CTE academy model within our school system. Absolutely, that is a great example. Um, you know, we absolutely learned so much from our visit to Louisville because they already had their academy model set up in their high schools. In fact, almost all of their high schools already were academy high schools. Um, our Blue Ribbon Task Force that had been formed, um, you know, prior to that visit actually went about um, in collaboration with Gilbert County Schools to decide, you know, that career and technical education really did need to be reinvented and gave a lot of great feedback on what that needed to look like to align education with industry and other workforce initiatives. And this all really came out of that triad talent alignment strategy study that was done and Guilford County Schools, to Dr. Contreras' credit and the leadership there, the Board of Education, they decided that we would, we would absolutely re reinvent career and technical education and that we would set up and pilot five career academies within high schools um, within our school system. And that was not led per se by the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. While we participated in the Blue Ribbon Task Force, and in fact, Rick Christensen, our CEO, and Patrick Chapin, the CEO of Business High Point Chamber, actually helped co-chair the Blue Ribbon Task Force with Dr. Contreras. Um, but it was a group of business leaders combined with other education community leaders um, and Gilbert County Schools administrative leaders to um, make that transformation of our career in technical education. And so I feel like a lot of great work has been done and Gilbert County Schools has been doing the heavy lifting. But what we learned in Louisville was that it really does take the entire business community to help make it work. And that's where we are right now we learned from Louisville what their business partnership model looks like. And Dr. Contreras and some other leaders went with us on that trip to actually study that model. And so we went into one of their, you know, signature career academies, if you will, one of their high schools. And what we, what we were able to learn was that they really did have a model that they had been working on for several years to partner with businesses in their community like UPS and that UPS had partnered with them in such a way that they put the equipment in that high school that they wanted the high school students to learn on so that they could hire those students and those students would already have experience working with the equipment that UPS uses. So that was just one example of how a company partners with uh, a signature career academy, if you will. And so we're ready. We've worked for the last year in collaboration with Guilford County Schools to create our own business partnership model. And Guilford County Schools is ready to roll that out. And so the two chambers in Guilford County are ready to help connect businesses in with Guilford County Schools to partner with them. Well, and I think that just shows how the the initiatives that come out of an intercity visit, um, on the one hand, they might have been started 
before we left, maybe there's a reason we chose that city to go learn more. It shows that sometimes the work to be done when we get back is not the chamber's work. It, it is, we are taking city leaders from all sectors because it is their work that they're going to do. But you see this extra piece, right? Now, the leaders who needed to get these, these academies moving have been doing that work. And so now it comes full circle back to the chamber and our piece of it is returning to what we learned and this business partnership model. Now we can get back into the mix with how we can help, which I think is, is awesome. Um, another full circle moment while we're talking about Louisville is I think what I have found the most helpful and the most interesting about these visits that I did not anticipate is the connections that we build with these other cities. So we talk a lot about uh, learning uh, great, you know, great information to bring back to our community. We talk about the fun, the social aspect of these trips, that you're getting to know your fellow community members, whether you are, um, you know, stuck waiting for a plane at PTI Airport on your way to Columbus, Ohio. If, if you listening have never heard of our story to Columbus, it is legendary, we'll tell you sometime. Um, but what I have found is that not only I as, as an organizer have now been able to call on the people that I met and learned from in these cities, uh, but that our community members do as well. And I know you were telling me the other day, just an, another example of someone in our community kind of reaching back out to a, a partner in city. Absolutely. Um, Chris Rivera, who leads Guilford Works, Chris reached out to me and said, you know, Deborah, we really want to establish a youth career center in downtown Greensboro. Um, what's that guy's name in Louisville? And I said, oh, Michael Gretton um, at K Kentuckiana Works. And he said, yes. He said, could you connect me with him? When I reached out to Michael, um, you would have thought that we just saw each other like a week or so ago. He was so warm and enthusiastic and just seemed so excited to reconnect, which made me feel really good, right? And so I, I obviously asked him if I could connect he and Chris, and he was like, absolutely, I'd love to help him share whatever might be, you know, helpful to him. He said, please, please go ahead. And so connecting the two of them, right, because Louisville had created like four of these youth career centers. Um, and it's my you know, understanding, and I'm proud to say that Greensboro, our downtown now has a youth career center that uh, was going to cut the ribbon today. So you can see how just these amazing relationships get formed, these connections that people just feel this kindred spirit with us. Um, when we go visit them, that they just really want us to, to stay in touch they want to help us. We want to help them as well. And so Ainsley, I think you've got a story where this thing has gone around a few times with um, the Greater Greater Louisville Chamber as well. Yes, our friends at our friends at GLI Greater Louisville Inc. Actually, two. I mean, so 
our minority business accelerator that has has migrated its way into Accelerate Greensboro um, is an initiative that came out of one of our intercity visits. Our friends at GLI were starting a, a similar journey. We we at the chamber uh, have an affiliation with a program called Interrise. They were exploring it. They called us to say, what's your experience with this? How is it going? How has it personally helped you? Because we'd formed this connection. Um, and then I serve on, on the board of kind of our, our chamber uh, organization, ACCE, the events board with the events manager from GLI. And I found out that they were gonna have an intercity visit right when COVID hit they decided that it wasn't too bad where they were yet and they were gonna turn internally focused and they stayed in Louisville to, to look at deeply some of the issues facing their community. And so when we decided, hey, it's probably not smart to uh, sign, a, sign a, you know, a, a contract over to, to go state to state um, during a global pandemic, we also went to our steering committee and said, what if we turned internally and sort of totally redid everything, listened to what our steering committee had to say of what they would want to focus on internally, but we got a lot of best practices directly from GLI and what they had experienced and what the, what the benefits of being in your own city were versus what the, you know, the difficulties are. You're, if we go to another city, I need to tell you when to get to the airport and then you are mine until I return you home. But when you have your own car and your own, you know, office or your own kitchen table are just, you know, moments away, um, you have to put on an even more compelling program. So they were very helpful and it was very good to have that friendship that had been formed through one of these. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you mentioned our Minority Business Accelerator program because we talked earlier about initiatives that the chamber wasn't a leader when we got back, but that was one where we did take the leadership role to actually bring together what was a task force of about 40 folks that literally met on a regular basis for about a year because we had a lot to unpack right, as a community to understand, you know, where we were, um, what we needed to do, but the most important thing that we did for that year is that we built some trust bridges. And we built trust bridges with minority business owners who had, you know, they were wondering like, hey, you know, we've been down this road before, do you really mean it? And we said, yes, we do. We're going to commit to this. And we have, um, we work with, you know, 11 to 12 portfolio companies, um, many of whom have uh, been growing, which is very rewarding to see um, the, the whole premise of having a minority business accelerator really is to, um, to help develop minority owned businesses in our community and to really build a, a more competitive um, supply chain for the corporations that are existing in our community, right? They can actually be introduced to businesses that they may not even realize are here. 
and the chamber can make those strategic introductions and that's what we do, but then they can start doing business together. So uh, that has been one that has just um, kept growing and that one originated from the Chattanooga visit. Well, and what I was gonna say is, is uh, again, another full circle moment when we chose to stay in Greensboro, we had an intentional focus on the opportunities and um, the businesses who are just primed to explode and to and to continue to grow and create um, immense joy and opportunity and and jobs in uh, our East Greensboro and Eastern Guilford County. And so many of those businesses that have been a part of our accelerator became our speakers, our leaders, our uh, experts for this particular visit. I think Ainsley, one of the most rewarding things about the intercity visits is that it has really helped the chamber strengthen its own brand around being essential to the community. Like we want to focus on the real issues in our community and help find solutions for them. Um, we also want to create opportunity. And that has been just one of the best parts about the inner city visits is that um, we, we, we are creating opportunities for businesses to grow through relationship development, these introductions that we're able to make. And it's just been really rewarding work to see us get you know, even more involved in the community than we, we were before, but to really help do some important work in our community to help sh you know, shed some light uh, where there may not be light and to bring ideas to the table where they're needed. Um, but I, I like what you said. One of the most important things uh, that happens is that people build stronger relationships between each other. They get to know each other even better and that's good for the community in general. Well, I think that is a perfect way to summarize all of this. So. I will end with just a, a silly question. Um, what is your favorite memory from one of your intercity visits that you've been on? Okay, I'm gonna cheat just a little bit on that question. Uh, one of my most memorable moments <laughs> was uh, when we were stuck in the you know, Piedmont Triad Airport with a hundred of our closest friends um, waiting for our plane to take off. And not only did we have an issue with the first plane um, and have to abandon that plane, um, as you know, watching it being towed away, that was, you know, just a very sobering moment and wondering if the next plane coming in was going to come in in a reasonable amount of time. Well, when that plane came in, the second one, and it was an unbelievable moment when that pilot actually walked through that door and told me and Brent that there was a problem with the plane, the second plane. 
And we just, you know, we really could not believe it. It was like, are we supposed to leave? <laughs> are we, is, is this supposed to happen? And Ainsley, this is why where you and um, others were already, you know, in Columbus. And so I have to admit, um, I just really had to gather myself and just remain as calm and collected as possible so that our hundreds, you know, of our closest friends who were waiting with us could also continue to be excited about the trip. So that one was the most memorable. One of my um, just all time favorite moments was in Chattanooga when we had um, lunch on the bridge over the river. They had never done anything like that themselves. They had never thought about hosting any kind of lunch or dinner on that bridge. And we just asked like, do you think it would be possible? And they were like, okay. And so we set up these long tables um, across the bridge and a hundred of us gathered around the very long table and we enjoyed lunch. Um, over the river. And so that one was just a very nice memory. I hear about that lunch often. Uh, I was not there for that one, but I hear about it often. And I will say, um, just to be clear, our friends at PTI have nothing to do with said planes that, that went amiss, but they were the consummate host of our long networking session. And many a deep friendship was formed in, uh, in those hours of, of turmoil. Um, so it ended up being like this beautiful blessing in disguise. I will say one of the best memories that, or things that has come out of one of these for me was while y'all were waiting on that, um, I had had an opportunity to learn about Jenny's ice cream. And so we went while, uh, while those planes were in the air finally and got Jenny's ice cream to be waiting for everyone when they arrived. So check your local fresh market. They have pints of Jenny's ice cream. It is delicious. Uh, so, you know, just one more little thing, all the great business leads, but you can also learn about great food that you can get when you get home from an intercity visit. <laughs> That's a great point. So Deborah, we've talked a lot about, or we've alluded to um, uh, some of what we have learned in our most recent visit to Greensboro, but I think before we run out of time, um, I wonder if you could just speak a little bit about why it was so important beyond, you know, going from state to state in a global pandemic, why was it so important for the chamber and to the steering committee for us to stay in Greensboro for this visit? You know, Ainsley, I think that, um, yeah, it has been fun to visit other cities, right? We, we get the hundred leaders together, we get on a charter plane and we go straight there. Uh, we learn what's going on in their city and then we come back and we take what we've learned and we localize it. I think that considering what all of us have been through in the last year and what our community has been through in the last year through the COVID-19 pandemic, which you know is still going, um, 
we realized that this was our time to really focus on ourselves. You know, so many leaders had, had said the last time we went, hey, do you think there might be an opportunity at some point to have people come visit Greensboro? Well, that gave the steering committee also an idea that, hey, maybe we need to visit ourselves, right? Maybe we need to learn more about a part of Greensboro that we may not know as much as we think we did. And we could absolutely invite leaders who had not, you know, do not know or needed um, to learn more or, and wanted to learn more about East Greensboro and Eastern Gilbert County and what, what those opportunities are for them to get more engaged. So we decided we were going to stay home and we were going to focus on a very, very important part of our community, you know, that is um, absolutely the economic engine, if you will, uh, for economic growth and recovery. And that's why we decided to stay right here and invite a hundred leaders to join us to learn more about East Greensboro and Eastern Gilbert County. If you'd like to learn more about that and the outcomes, uh, the things we learned, the people we talked to, we actually have a website set up. It is gsochamber.info slash ICV. 2021 and that link will be in the show notes feel free to take a look at that um, get excited get engaged see what we were learning about or you can always go to our website greensboro.org contact any of your chamber representatives and say hey next time you go I want to be involved or how do I get engaged with some of these initiatives you've talked about on the podcast today we would love to have you involved and, and uh, get your ideas and feedback and, and participation in the work that we're doing for Greensboro. So Deborah, thank you so much for shedding light on your history with these. And hopefully people are just excited and waiting with bated breath for the next city announcement. Oh, thank you, Ainsley. And we would love to have you know, folks contact us and get on the list to go with us next time, wherever we go, or if we decide to stay here again, because it absolutely was an amazing experience to learn more about East Greensboro and Eastern Gilbert County. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.